Hello and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club, the place investors go to gain actionable advice, learn about current market trends, and hear war stories from other professional investors out there in the field today. Before we get started, I have two quick housekeeping items to cover. First, if you like the episode, we would very much appreciate a like, subscribe, and share. It is the best way to support the show and keep it running. Second, if you are a new investor looking to get started in real estate or an experienced investor looking to take your investing to the next level, we created an ebook for you that will cover how to find deals that are actually deals, how to finance those deals with little to no money down, and how to exit those deals for maximum value. On top of that, I throw in an insane amount of free bonuses that you'll have access to once you buy the ebook. All we charge is our admin cost to keep the show running. So, if you're serious about real estate investing and want to create both active and passive income as an investor, head on over to the website at therealestateinvestingclub.com and click on the button that says get the ebook to grab yourself a copy today. So with that said, let's dive right in. Today we have a very special guest with us ready to drop some investor knowledge on you. So buckle up, grab your pen and paper and enjoy the ride. We are live with another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. This time we're here live with Hans Struzina. Hans is a realtor, podcaster, and former Olympian. Hans, thank you for hopping on the show. I'm, I'm super stoked to have you here. Hey, man. It, it's, it's an honor to be here. Really appreciate you having me on. I know it took us a minute to get scheduled, but it's awesome to be here. It's the, it's the beauty of, uh, of COVID times, man. It's just <laughs> technology left <laughs> and right. Um, awesome. So let's get uh, let's get started here. Why don't you take us on a little uh, a little journey into your past? Tell us how you got started um, in real estate in the first place. Well, I think my journey with real estate needs to go back all the way to really my childhood, which was just influenced by real estate left, right, and center. My my dad's a real estate attorney, and he wasn't always, but he eventually got into it and just has taken off with business formations, LLCs, you know, buying buildings, selling buildings, all that kind of stuff. And my uncles and and then before that my grandfather was a big real estate developer in Seattle. Oh, cool. And so a lot of his uh anyone from that market, Hans Martin Smith Jr. is my grandfather and hit two of his sons took over. So they they have kind of a big name in the commercial world there. And then my my dad's brother on the East Coast um, always owned apartment buildings. He had like two or three, like several hundred unit buildings and was an architect. So I was just sort of like subtly and not so subtly bombarded with real estate. And I always knew I wanted to be in that space. And I really thought I was going to go be a commercial broker and then, you know, develop buildings, kind of like my grandfather and uncles. But um through rowing ended up taking a very different route. So you and I went to UW together, but we didn't know each other at the time. Go Huskies. <clears throat> go Huskies, go dogs. <laughs> and um, after graduating, I went to pursue the Olympic team and uh, long story short, ended up traveling all over the place and went back to San Diego, mul- San Diego multiple times and stayed with someone through an Airbnb um, they had a little casita and a very large home and they were there at the same time and offered to like cook us lunches once in a while. And so I got to know them 
and they had all these tile samples out and they were home during the day. And I was like, what do you guys do? And they're like, well, we're real estate agents and we flip houses as well. And I was like, he's training for an Ironman. She's outrigger canoeing. They're fit. They have three kids. They live in a cool house. That sounds like a life I could get into. Sign me up. And, uh, and so I just stayed in touch with them. And long story short, they made me an offer after I came home from the Olympics and um, to join their team. And it was going to be kind of remote and flexible. And I was like, if I want to go train some more, I can. If I want to take this full time, I could do that too. And, um, you know, off and running, I went really from from there. That's awesome. No, I love it. Uh, and I do not want to, you know, I, I want to make this about real estate, but you know, this is the first Olympian that I've had on the episode. So I have to ask how was <laughs> just the experience, uh, going through the Olympics, like as yeah, a man, participant? I mean, my, my rowing career was, was 12 plus years starting in high school, uh, on Lake Sammamish all the way, oh, nice. uh, to the Olympic games in Rio de Janeiro in 2016. And, it was, it was awesome and, you know, uh, heartbreaking and just, I wouldn't change it for the world. It was everything that probably every person you've ever heard on a podcast or, or a movie say about it. It was, um, all the emotions and, and I'm sure we could do a whole nother show on that. And I, uh, but maybe, maybe for another time, but it was, <laughs> it was pretty incredible. Awesome. Did you guys uh, bring home the gold on that one? I didn't, I didn't actually get to see the uh, 2016 Olympics. Unfortunately, no, we were fourth. We we're just outside of the medals. And I mean, I talk about this a lot on my show and when I get interviewed on other people's, but um, that, that like mentality of like, we, we showed up to try and win a medal and we were capable of doing it. We just didn't have our best race on the day mm. and like how haunting that is and how like you have to have this reckoning of, of you did everything you could, but it just didn't work out on the day. And I mean, again, a whole nother episode worth yeah, of content yeah, yeah. there we could talk about, but it was, um, it was, it definitely made me a better uh, business person, better, you know, friend, family member, husband, and, and definitely a better real estate agent and real estate investor. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the, the performance mindset, it really is transferable through anything that you do. Um, so I'm sure you brought, you know, that, that had to have been quite a grueling experience, um, and you brought that, that dedication, that, um, that tenacity to, to real estate, which is why you're, what well, you're here to talk about today. So let's totally. jump in back into real estate. Um, <laughs> so awesome. So you, you kind of, you grew up, you had all the influences, you had your dad, uh, your, your uncle, um, everybody in your family was kind of just not directly, but kind of, you know, inundating you with what it's like to be in the real estate world. And so you got down after, uh, after your Olympic career, you got down in San Diego um, and you got hooked up with a job to be a, um, a realtor, which is what you're, you're still doing. You're still acting as a realtor today in San yep. Diego, correct? Oh, I'm in. So that's the interesting thing is I wasn't ever living in San Diego. I was always in the Bay area, specifically the East Bay. So Oakland, Berkeley, Alameda, that area. And I was basically uh, a satellite office. I was using all of their backend. I was using their scripts. I was using their, their payroll, HR, all that stuff that they had set up. I was just remotely dialing into it basically. And I was um, trying to take their model, which was more focused on um, foreclosures and short sales and that sort of stuff and apply it to our market up in the Bay area, which um was a challenge. There's a ton of equity in that market. And so there's not as many of those types of deals. 
Um, and, and frankly, they're, they're tough in no matter what market you're going after, but that's where, that's where I kind of cut my teeth and got into, uh, the whole world. And, and I was very grateful that I started there for one, it, I did like nine deals my first year, which is pretty unheard of. And, and I had to wrestle them through escrow cause they were short sales, but I learned a lot. And secondly, I came at it with a mindset of investing as well. So I was always looking like, is there an angle that we can turn this into a rental or a flip or whatever? And, and how do I talk to a seller more than just like, I can list your home and get a commission. You know, I was yep. always thinking about those multiple angles on everything. Yeah. I mean that, especially in short sales, that's got to give you a really good, um, as you said, kind of mindset. I've, I've tried, there was only one offer I've ever made on a short sale. Uh, didn't go through, but I've never closed on a foreclosure or so a short sale. Everything has been off market. Um, so what, I mean, it sounds like you're a broker and an investor. You buy uh, mm-hmm. properties up here in Tacoma, um, where, mm-hmm. you know, where I live. And so you have both, both sides, you understand both worlds. Um, so what is, what is the short sale process like? Um, and what, what can an investor expect, expect when they, when they start looking at those type of properties? Like what, what's the benefits, the pros and cons? Why would somebody choose to actually look for short sales and, and foreclosures over, um, you know, doing off market marketing or just looking on the MLS? Yeah. I mean, it depends on your market for sure. But, um, there, it can be a really great uh, way of of finding deals and getting deals done because they are really complicated. Less so in the like minutia of the deal, and more in just like the attrition and the and the time they take, and just the amount of silly paperwork you have to do. Especially if there's like a first and a second lender, and you have to get them to agree and all this crazy stuff. But you can also work out a deal where you end up getting something for pennies on the dollar because the lender's more concerned about making themselves whole as a poor, as opposed to um, selling for absolute top dollar, like a traditional seller would. And so depending on how much is owed and how much the, the lender is willing to take a haircut on just to get it off their books, you can end up with a pretty decent deal at the end of it all. Um, but you definitely have to be willing to put in some time and wait. Uh, I mean, six months is not unheard of to close one of those deals from contract to close. And, and you have the added pressure of a foreclosure date in there as well. So it can get hairy and complicated. So it's not for everybody. Wow. That's, uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. Six months really. Is that kind of the industry standard? Oh yeah. Easily, easily. I mean, again, it depends on how many people are owed money and if there's an attorney involved and if there's a court date and uh, gosh, there's so many variables, Um, you know, a traditional escrow, you have a handful of actors, like you could easily double the number of people who have to be involved in the transaction. Uh, Each bank has its asset manager, then there's the um, the holding company, or excuse me, the, the servicing company who's holding the debt and servicing the debt. And there's an attorney and a seller and a buyer and agents. And like, there's all these people who <laughs> no all want their piece of that pie, that. you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, cool. So, um, kind of take us, you know, that's your, your brokerage side. It's, it's awesome. You're mm-hmm. doing that down there. So take us to your investing side, um, you know, up here in Washington state, what have you, what have you guys done so far? Um, like what's your, what's your focus? Are you looking for multifamily, single family? 
Well, just to round that out, I don't do that anymore. I actually got involved in a luxury team who's who's actually the number one team in the East Bay uh, by volume. And so I am now in a very different space. I, my average price point is well in the seven figures. So we don't do short sales anymore. And I'm really grateful for that because it was <laughs> grueling. Um, and now I focus more on like, how do I maximize someone's return or um, you know, how do we, how do we spend a dollar, get more than a dollar out when we're listing a property, that sort of stuff for a, for a very high end clientele. So that's a lot of fun in a different way. Um, but as far as the investing goes, when I was training, um, I was, I was doing sales jobs and driving a lot. Cause that was the only thing that was flexible enough that I could train and make money. And I was doing, I was selling solar. I was selling beer. I was selling this and selling that, whatever beer. I could. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> That was a rowing connection. A, a, the head brewer used to be a rower and it's a small world as you can imagine. So right. um, cool job though. <laughs> I had yeah, a great expense sure. account on that one. And uh, <laughs> you're the popular guy at the bar if you can just open a tab and buy a round. So yeah, that was cool. Um, but yeah, we. Uh, uh, I was always listening to podcasts when I was driving to and from these appointments and Bigger Pockets is really where I started. And I always knew like, Real estate is a great wealth building vehicle. You can get passive income through cash flow. If you flip a house, you can obviously make a big chunk. There's a lot of ways to skin the cat, so to say. So I was listening, reading for years uh, before I really did anything. And not to mention, I had to build up a, you know, my 1099s enough to get le- get lending. And so um, it took us a couple of years. My wife and I, uh, both are 1099. She's also an Olympian. And we both had this goal together eventually to start buying rentals. And so we bought our first one in 20 in kind of middle of 2018 in Tacoma. It was a little duplex and it had one tenant in it that was like smoking in the unit for the last six years. And it was gross. And yeah, so we, we, uh, um, actually at the same time, had a flip going down in, in uh, Hayward. So just a little South of where I was living. And we had this moment where we have like 80 grand tied up in this flip. Um, the contractor puts a mechanics lien on the house, which for any of you who know what that is, it basically uh, you can't deliver clear title when you're trying to sell a mechanics That's a, lien. I haven't heard. Yeah. Of that so one. after the 2008 financial crisis, uh, there were a lot of contractors who just got hosed because people were basically just abandoning these houses and not paying them and they had no recourse. And um, so there's a law in almost every state that you can, as a, as a contractor or a, or a subcontractor or even a supplier, put a mechanics lien on the title of the house for some dollar amount that you're owed or you're supposedly owed so that it ties your work to the property as opposed to an individual. Oh, interesting. And they're really easy to put on and they're really hard to get off. Uh, So it's a really unfortunate um, situation for the seller. That's why you should get, um, anytime you have a contractor, get a release every time you give them a check. Yeah. Uh, Pro tip there. Um, So he did that. He thought I wasn't going to pay him his last payment, which was ridiculous. He was a jerk, frankly. But anyways, get this mechanics lien. We're about to list this property. We put the earnest money down for this duplex and we're down to like the last couple of bucks. Like it was, it was hairy there for a second. Um, and 
luckily our agent at the time uh, gave us the advice. He's like, listen, you're thinking about this, this rental as a flip. Like you need to think of it as like a two year project with like four or five stages. So like paint it, do some flooring, do the basics on the first one, rent it, get it stabilized, get these other guys out in six months, flip that unit over, do some more, do the gutters, do some paint, do this or that. Um, and luckily we took that advice, we closed and then also got the mechanics lien figured out and got that flip closed, took that cash and invested it back into this duplex, which has now been cash flowing and probably almost doubled in value since we bought it or, or <laughs> darn close because of the forced appreciation in the market. So, um, so yeah, that's how we got started and we're on a goal to buy a property a year, which we've, we've so far been able to do. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so, so you guys, you were doing a flip at the time. It was, it, this was mm-hmm. a flip that you, you and your wife had been you know, doing together. She, I mean, she, we weren't married yet, but, um, she was sort of involved by default yeah. <laughs> because yeah, she's, yeah. you know, we're together. Um, but I was really the one doing it all. And I had, um, just, gosh, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was, I knew there was margin in it and I, and I knew I could unlock it. So I was doing some of the labor myself. Mm -hmm. I was just running around cashing out credit cards, um, really seriously down to like my last two grand. Um, cause my agent practice was slowing. Well, it wasn't slowing down, but it was not as robust as it is now. And so you you go a couple months between checks when you're starting out in that world. Right. right. Um, so it was scary time, man, but it was like, you know, if you're never going to, if you're going to take a risk, that was the moment to do it. But we did and it paid off because ultimately the downside was covered. That was something that I always looked at was like, what's the worst nuclear scenarios? Basically I can pay everyone back, but I don't make any money. And like, okay, I can live with that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I've been there, been there myself. It's uh, when when you're down to the wire like that, you're just... Just holding, thanking God, just please let this work. <laughs> yeah, please let it close. <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, you bought that in 2018. It sounds like you bought another one last year. Uh, what, what was mm-hmm. your your, uh, your next purchase after that? Um, the next purchase is, so that was a duplex, a true, you know, side-by-side 1985 duplex. Mm-hmm. Um, this next one was a uh, two houses on one lot. Hmm. Um, and so That's we got that. Yeah. It, the appraisal was a challenge on that one because they appraised it as a house with an ADU, which they gave a really low appraisal for as a result, but that's neither here nor there. Um, it's it, but we kind of were looking at it and we're like, I think this will demand a premium. Um, but it was also built much later. And this is sort of the learning curve of real estate is, you know, I sell a lot of old homes, like the high-end homes oftentimes were built in the 1910s, 1940s. They have all this charm and character down in the Bay Area. So I was like, it's not a big deal. I kind of know what this is all about. But then you get in there and you start to, you know, fix things and change things. And you've just got to wire. (laughs) Right, exactly. You've got some of that weirdness that you have to just somehow account for just either mentally or in your budget that you're not going to have on a 1985 new house. Right. But we bought this thing. um, We actually got a really good deal on it, I think. And we got a lot of seller credit. So we got the electrical upgraded. We got some foundation work done at close before close of escrow. 
And then um, we just finally got the, got the second unit turned over and rented and we're getting um, well over a 1% deal for those of you who kind of look at deals like that. Like we basically created a 1.2 or 1.3% deal and it wasn't that way when we bought it, but that's um, something that we're starting to look for is now that we've done two, we're like, okay, what's our underwriting criteria? Yep. We won't look at things older than you know, 1978 because uh, we don't want to deal with lead-based paint. We want to be able to create at least a 1.2 and have a cash on cash of blah, you know, whatever it is, which we didn't have when we first started. Um, and that's one thing I tell people is when they ask, how do you get started? Is like, you know, learn the basics, but just get in there because you're going to get smarter as you go. And if you're really committed to this thing as a long-term play, it doesn't really matter what your first deal was as long as it doesn't bankrupt you. Like you're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, just don't go for a $2 million deal. That's it. Just yeah. go for a normal house, but just do it because that's uh, that's that's what you got to do for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, we, we're at the end. It goes by super quick. So I know it's crazy. Us, huh? Push us into the quick question around. Uh, this is where I ask you really quick questions and you give me quick answers in response. Um, and it starts out with your habits. So habits are the foundation of our life. Um, so if you could give me one habit that you feel has contributed the most to your success today, what would that be? I, I'll give you two real quick. One is working out regularly. Cause as we mentioned, I'm an athlete. Like I know that world, if I can push my body and keep pushing my mental state in a workout, it'll keep me going in the, in the world of, uh, everything else basically. And then the other one is actually running deals through my, my analyzer instead of watching Netflix. That's how we found our first deal was we're about to watch Netflix. She's like, no, 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 let's do five deals. And if we find nothing, we'll watch Netflix. And that's the night we found our first deal. So Killer. now we do it. <laughs> Daily analysis. That's a good habit to, to start up. Yeah. I like that. Awesome. Uh, next question. So if you could go back to the Hans, um, who say was just graduating uh, at UW, um, just, just stepping off the podium, go to him, grab his hand, give him one piece of advice moving forward. What would that piece of advice be? Is... Um... I, I would I would probably craft it if I had a moment to really think about it, but it'd be something to the extent of uh, uh, know that it's not going to happen overnight. But if you consistently work at it, the results will come. Consistency. I like it. Um, the next one's a little bit easier, and I think I already know your answer. Uh, where is your favorite place to invest? Oh, yeah, Tacoma for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, love that market right now. Great one. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and final one, uh, well, second to final one is books. I'm a big bookie. And so I like to ask people two book recommendations, one for, um, anything related to business or real estate. The next one to general life wisdom. Business or real estate. Um, the one that's just kind of screaming at the top of my uh, head right now is, uh, never split the difference by Chris Voss. Oh yeah really enjoyed that one. I've read it multiple times and I can tell you that those, those kind of tips and hacks and tactics work really, really well when you're negotiating a deal. Um, so hundred percent that book and then general life. I'm really into Mark Manson right now. Um, it, both of his, you know, uh, I don't know if I can swear on your podcast, but yeah, his, go for it. <laughs> um, 
Simple Art of Not Giving a Fuck and Everything is Fucked are his back-to-backs. I would I would knock both those out. They're hysterical, but they're really well-researched and thought through. So um, I've gotten a ton of just life thoughts and advice out of those. Yeah, I, uh, I've never read his stuff, um, but my cousin is like just all about him. And based on what he said about Mark Manson, I, I can tell I would, I would really enjoy everything that he wrote. So um, great recommendations. Um, awesome. So we are at the end. You've given us great advice, great wisdom. So if someone wanted to reach out and get in, in contact with you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Uh, two ways depends on what your preference is. If you're on Instagram, that's where I hang out and post the most. Uh, so I'm at at chief SNA, S N A H, which is Hans backwards. And then if you prefer a traditional website, I'm relaunching my, my website in a few pages. It's just Hans Struzina, S T R U Z Y N A.com. And you can find out about my podcast, my real estate practice, any of the stuff I have going on. And you can just, there's tons of buttons that go straight to me. So you can click on one of those and, and let's connect. Perfect. By the way, I should ask in this beginning, what, uh, um, not nationality, but your last name, what, uh, what, what word am I trying to find out? Not nationality. Uh, Where's uh, your last I name get- from? <laughs> it's from an area uh, that is now Poland, but used to be Eastern Prussia. And I think we're, well, we are German by descent on that side of the family. So, you know, the borders moved about 25 times. Yeah. Europe, yeah. somewhere in Europe. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, so very, um, you know, German, Polish world, Northern gotcha. European strongly. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, again, Hans, thanks for hopping on. Um, I appreciated the conversation for everybody who's here with us today. Thank you guys for showing up. We couldn't do it without you. Um, Again, the best way to support the show is just to subscribe, like, and share this episode with your friends and family. Other than that, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep kicking ass in real estate, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and were able to pull some actionable advice that you can go home with and apply to your own investing business. Before you go, I have a gift for you. If you're a new investor looking to get started or an established investor looking to take your business to the next level, I've created an ebook just for you available on the website. This ebook will cover how I was able to create both active and passive income in real estate with very little money to start with. In it, I will address the three most often cited obstacles new and veteran investors run into by showing you how to find a deal that's actually a deal, how to finance that deal with little to no money down, and how to exit a deal for maximum value. And if you get the ebook today, I'm going to bury you in bonuses, seven of them to be exact. First, you'll get the off-market lead generation blueprint, which will take you through the exact systems and processes we use to generate off-market leads like clockwork, which is the most important skill when it comes to creating real wealth in real estate. Then you'll get the A to Z REI systems and vendors guide, which will allow you to peek under the hood of our business and see the exact tools and systems and even the vendors we use to grow our business. After that, you will get the top 100 best performing keywords pack, which will give you the exact keywords we use to target leads online and generate leads without having to lift a finger. Next, you'll get the contracts bundle for wholesaling and renting real estate, which will give you access to all of the contracts we use in the field to execute all types of transactions. 
After that, you'll get the investor's quick analysis calculator and offer tool, which will allow you to quickly calculate whether a deal is an actual deal and will allow you to create an offer automatically from those calculations. Next up, we'll give you the Investor's Daily Success Tracker, which is a tracker you can use to ensure you are taking the right actions day in and day out to reach your financial goals in real estate. And finally, you will get the Wholesaler's Template for Quick Assignment Cash, which will give you the templates we use to present our wholesale deals professionally and efficiently to our buyers. I know that is a ton of things to say. I'm glad you were able to stick with it. Uh, so you'll get both the ebook and all of those seven free bonuses when you download the ebook today. All we charge is the admin cost to run the show. So if you are interested in the ebook and the bonus bundle, head on over to the website at therealestateinvestingclub.com. Click on get the ebook bundle at the top of the page and take advantage of that deal. With that housekeeping item covered, I hope you have an absolutely fantastic day and even better week. Keep rocking real estate, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.